So good to be in the house of God once again after a lapse of five weeks. I am glad and I know that all of you are glad as well. Praise the Lord. Let's turn to the scriptures. Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18 verses 1 to 8. Luke 18, 1 to 8. I'm going to read. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and wear me down. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge said. And will not God bring about justice for his own chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Praise the Lord. Father, we are grateful to you for your word. We pray that you will speak to our lives. Release grace and anointing in this place that will make the proclamation of your word effective and fruitful. In Jesus' name, we take victory. Every resistance to the preaching of God's word, we bind them in Jesus' name. To God be the glory. Every critical spirit be stilled. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Today's message is titled, Don't Quit. Last week we talked about calling it quits. Don't quit from your calling. Today, it's don't quit praying. Don't quit praying. Look into your own lives. If you have a disciplined, consistent prayer life, and if you were to go through your memory lanes, ask yourself, have you ever given up on prayer? When a need comes knocking at our door, as Christians, we are exuberant and excited and we start praying. But many a prayers, they after some time, they stop. The reason being, our most of our prayers are linked to an answer to a prayer. And when there is a delay to an answer, what happens? We just simply give up. How many of you have even forgotten some of the topics that you prayed last year? Praise the Lord. Unless we cultivate a disciplined prayer life, we will not be able to keep up. Now look, it's very interesting. Jesus who is the recipient, or God who is the recipient of all prayers, looks at the track record, and he is saying, he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not give up. What do you think Jesus would share such a parable such a statement with his disciple. 
obviously it simply means that most of those who pray after some time, they give up on prayer. Praise the Lord. Mind you, it's Jesus who is our mediator between God and man. Our prayers rise up as we say, Lord, in the name of Jesus we pray. Praise the Lord. We pray to the Father in the might of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. And Jesus is saying, listen, most of these prayers, they just don't give up because what people do is most of the prayers are aborted before it reaches fruition. I'll repeat it. Prayers are aborted before it reaches fruition. It's the travailing prayer that becomes prevailing prayer. Praise the Lord. And quite often we don't have the discipline, the energy, the tenacity, the stamina that we need to press on and to persist in prayer. But Jesus wants us to know that we as God's children, we ought to become people who press on and not give up. Praise the Lord. Look what Jesus is saying. When Jesus brings out a parable to make his hearers or disciples understand, he breaks things down for them. Quite often, as I said, it's the delays that we misinterpret as denials. And so we give up on prayer. But at the same time, we need to have the wisdom to understand what is God's will concerning our lives. So that we can pray right, align ourselves to the will of God and persist in it till we become overcomers. Bill Hybels, in his book, Too Busy to Pray, puts these steps, and I'm going to quote that. If the request is wrong, God says no. If the timing is wrong, God says slow. If you are wrong, God says grow. But if the request is right, the timing is right, and you are right, God says, go, end quote. There's so much that we can understand from it. We only want to, we only want to hear, go. We only want to see the green light. But at times, it is the red light. And there are times when God asks, puts us, on a waiting hold. And we need to have the mind of the Lord to discern this and to understand. And how do you have that? Simply lingering in the presence of God and saturating ourselves with the word of God and clothing ourselves with prayer and praise conditions our mind to understand the mind of Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. To differentiate what is of God and what is of flesh. To differentiate what is his will and what is our will. Praise the Lord. Quite often we are not even able to differentiate that and what happens is either we call it off we call it quit, and we are depressed about it. Look how Jesus brings this parable into light. Jesus puts this prayer in a courtroom setting. Listen to me carefully. Jesus puts this prayer, this parable, in a courtroom setting. Quite often, we hear prayer 
as in a battlefield. We hear about prayer in a war room. Yes, there are times where we are in battlefield. There are times when we are in war room. But here, in this context, Jesus is putting prayer in a courtroom setting. Praise the Lord. In his teaching about prayer, in Matthew chapter 6 and Luke chapter 11, we see Jesus uses two different approaches there. One, a spontaneous prayer to our heavenly father. Matthew chapter 6, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. In other words, Jesus said that prayer should flow spontaneously out of our relationship with our heavenly father. It should just flow to him as you are speaking to your own father. And Luke chapter 11, we see it is a friend going to a friend about a friend and requesting. That's the two settings that Jesus puts in Matthew 6 and Luke 11. But here the setting is different. Here the setting is, it's a courtroom setting. So Jesus, when he's trying to make us understand that we should not give up, he's talking bringing to light some things that we need to know. Number one, he's talking about a widow. Paraphrasing it, the widow has an issue. She goes to a judge and she kept pestering him or being persistent saying, grant me justice, grant me justice, grant me justice. And Jesus, after painting a picture of a widow who is persistent in a request asking for justice. After painting that, Jesus says, listen, you know, look at this widow, learn from her persistence not to give up in prayer. And he also portrays the I don't care attitude of the judge. The judge has an I don't care attitude, you know. It's very hard to deal with people who have an I don't care attitude, praise God. And even though he has such an attitude, Jesus is saying, the woman prevails. And then Jesus brings the conclusion. So, let's go step by step, okay. Jesus presents before them a widow. In Jesus' time, to be a widow meant, to begin with, you are at disadvantage. What does that mean? Well, in those days, women were considered a second-class citizen. They were, didn't have much of a right. So to start with, she was at disadvantage. Number two, she had no one to stand by her side or speak on her behalf. Number three, as a widow, she had no financial means to press into her cause. Praise the Lord. So Jesus draws a picture of a widow that shows, look at the disadvantage that she has. And then Jesus draws a picture of a judge who has an indifferent attitude. The judge, the Bible says, as Jesus puts it, he has an I don't care attitude. He says, I don't fear God. I don't care about men. That's the mindset that he has. An unjust judge. That's who she is approaching. So think about this. If you are approaching someone for some kind of assistance, and the person is indifferent to you, shrugs you off, I don't care attitude, and you know, have a, 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 a different mindset, after some time, we would simply give up, don't we? Yeah, that's, that's natural. But this woman, the Bible says, day and night, day and night, day and night, she pleaded, praise God, and said, grant me justice 
from my adversary day and night and this man gets fed up he gets fed up and he says you know what i don't fear god i don't care about men but this woman if she continues this she's going to wear me down one version says she will attack me it's not physical attack but again and again and again on your face and the man gets tired of it and says you know what i'm going to take care of this once for all and grants her the verdict now listen to this interesting isn't it a judge who is unjust yields to this woman so come with me let's travel together what is this woman asking for give me justice give me justice give me justice she's asking for a justice from an unjust judge who has an i don't care attitude and from what jesus is saying in this parable she has an adversary so disadvantage to begin with she has an adversary she's asking for justice because there is some injustice done to her or there is a violation of her rights or something that should have come to her she has been deprived of it staying right there let me ask you have you ever asked for justice have you ever prayed for justice i don't want you to look at justice from a negative connotation something that was supposed to come to you something that you deserve something that belongs to you something that's rightfully yours praise the lord have you ever prayed for such a thing have you ever prayed for such a thing lord this belongs to me it should have come to me it's mine we don't know what it is because jesus is not talking about that but obviously jesus is using the term adversary and she's asking for justice from her adversary grant me justice you and i ought to know that as children of god the bible says we have an adversary do you know who that adversary is it's not the guy who's sitting next to you it's not the person who's sitting next to you to your right to your left so if you turn around and look at somebody it's not them don't look at the guy who sits up there above you your superiors or your or your boss or something or someone who works below you that's not your adversary the bible says our adversary is who is satan we have an adversary we do have an adversary and the adversary is plotting and ploying and working day and night to bring about our downfall there is no doubt about it but we need to know who that is the bible calls him satan is like a roaring lion is our adversary is working against us okay what does he do the bible says the scepter of the wicked shall not rest on the inheritance of the righteous anybody know what it is where it is thank you sister the scepter of the wicked shall not rest on the inheritance of the righteous that's the biblical word that's about the bible says so there is a wicked who has a scepter scepter stands for power or authority and the wicked one wants to place his scepter on the inheritance of the righteous he's constantly trying to do and it is our responsibility as children of god to be vigilant listen to me 
we have to be vigilant because there is an adversary who wants to put his scepter upon what rightfully belongs to you. Inheritance is what rightfully belongs to you. There are certain things that rightfully belongs to us. Praise the Lord. And there are certain things that the Bible forbids saying do not covet. Praise the Lord. What doesn't belong to you doesn't belong to you and you should not covet. But what belongs to you belongs to you and you should not allow the enemy to take it away from you. So the enemy, the wicked one wants to lay his scepter, his right, his authority, his power on what legitimately belongs to you. Praise the Lord. At times, it is so powerful that you can't fight it off by yourself. But you have the promise of God that the scepter of the wicked will not rest on the... Praise the Lord. Yes. So we have to be very clear about what our inheritance are. There are spiritual inheritance blessings that God has ordained on our lives. And then there are other blessings that God has given us. We need to know what they are and we need to stand for what belongs to us. Praise the Lord. And a time for that so that you keep, retain what belongs to you. You have to persist. In prayer. And if the enemy has laid a claim. A stake on what belongs to you. You have to persist in prayer. To win over it. Children are an inheritance from God. And our children are growing up in this world. We as God's children should make sure that the enemy does not put a claim on them. Praise the Lord. And for that, we have to be vigilant in prayer and vigilant in action. Praise the Lord. Just one moment. I know that I'm setting just sidestepping here, but I want to press here. It's very important. As parents, we have to cover our offsprings in prayer. Number one. Number two. Praise the Lord. That is as much as that is our responsibility. We also ought to make sure that they are positioned in such place that they constantly are being fed the word of God. Praise the Lord. This is very important. Most of the parents, they just simply pray for the children. That is good. It's absolutely needed. But it is also absolutely needed. You make sure that your children attend the Sunday school, attend the small groups, attend the midweek meetings, attend the weekend meetings. I know maybe they cannot attend all of them, but they can attend some of them. Train your children like that. It's a good investment. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, you will, you will not have to regret it later on in life because it's a biblical principle. Train up a child in the way he should go and when he's old, he shall not depart. It's a biblical principle. Apply it now and you will reap the benefits. Praise the Lord. So whatever it is, this widow, she has an adversary and she's asking for justice. Give me justice. Give me justice. Give me justice. Praise the Lord. So if you have been asking for justice, praise the Lord. Do not stop asking for it. Meaning, what is justice? Justice is what rightfully belongs to you, what should come to you, what has been stalled, what has been stopped, what has been deprived, what has been taken away. All these things you can put there and you can keep asking the Lord. Very interesting, right? Uh, so this widow is asking for justice. She is powerless, but she knows one thing. The court 
if the court gives a verdict, the adversary will have to submit to the verdict. We are familiar with the court system in our country. In the federal level, there are different levels of courts. There are different levels of court. There is a trial court. We have 94 trial courts. We have 13 appeal courts. And we have one Supreme Court, right? So different levels. They can go appeal and Supreme Court has a final say. In Jesus' time, it was a mobile court. The judge used to go around. The judge would go around and he will be in a place for three days, five days, seven days, and then he will keep moving. And within that time, the people in that region has to come and there has to be a hearing and not everyone will get an audience. So this woman's chance was very slim. But she kept on pushing and pressing and pressing till she got the verdict. Jesus, after painting this picture, the next connection I want you to look, he's saying, would not. Look how Jesus puts it. He says, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. When you study the Bible, you understand that God is a just judge. Who said that? Genesis 18.25. Abraham is interceding and he stands before God, the Lord, and says, Would not the judge of all the earth do right? I want you to look at me. Listen to this carefully. Abraham in his appeal to, his, to God is saying, will not the judge of all the earth do right? Number one, God is a judge. Number two, Hold it right there. I want you to read. I want you to, to look at one more verse. Deuteronomy 32.4. There are many verses, but I'm just going to pull out one. 32.4. He is the rock. His work is perfect. Talking about God. God is the rock. His work is perfect. Perfect. There is no imperfection in him or his work. Listen to this. This is in contrast to the unjust judge who has an I don't care attitude. This is in contrast, okay? Jesus is not drawing a parallel here, but he's saying this guy is unjust and because she is persistent and even though he's unjust, he renders a verdict. And Jesus says, God, God, how much more for his chosen ones? Listen, I want to encourage you to press into prayer these days. Okay? So God is perfect as a person and is perfect in his ways. Praise the Lord. All his ways are just. A God of faithfulness without injustice Righteous and upright he is. Praise the Lord. Look. When the worldly system is flawed and rigged, you can approach a system and a person that is perfect, that would give you a just, right, righteous, Hearing. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
Number two. The judges of this world has limited sphere of influence. They have a limit of operation. Their operations are limited. Their venues are limited. There is a limitation. Their, their, their powers or their governing authority or what they can do, there is a limit as far as to how, they, how far they can go. God as a just judge, he is unlimited. Amen. Praise the Lord. Nothing restricts him. Abraham, in his knowledge, is saying, is the judge of all the earth. Today, you and I have a better revelation. Praise the Lord. His judgments and his justice is not only on the sphere. It, it, it overrides every known sphere. Praise the Lord. So if he's the judge of all the earth, there is nothing that comes, there is nothing that is away from his jurisdiction. Everything is under his jurisdiction. If you go to a court system here, you have a family court, you have a civil court, you have a court that deals with criminals, and there is so many difference. But in God's court, Praise the Lord. God handles everything. Praise the Lord. He's the judge of all the earth. Praise God. And there is righteous and justice that is given out from him. So Jesus is saying, look at this unjust judge. If he can pass such a verdict, because this woman is persistent, she would not give up. How much more God, how much more God, who works on behalf of his chosen ones, who cry out to him day and night. How hard is, how important is your need? How much are you pressing into the presence of God? Bringing your need to him and asking for God to intervene on your behalf and release a verdict against anything and anyone that is standing against what rightfully belongs to you. Praise the Lord. Don't give up in prayer. Number one, God is a righteous judge. Number two, as children of God, you and I are approaching our father. Mm -hmm. Don't forget that we are approaching our father. Praise the Lord. We are approaching our father. Praise God. Remember, no matter how, I know that there are people here who are in different positions. Just think about yourself. If you are in a very high position, the more higher you go, you become inaccessible because of the demand of time and, and because of the, of the, of the uh, responsibilities to become less and less and less accessible. But if your children wants to see, regardless of how high you are seated, they just rush through those doors and come to you and you don't say no because it's a father child relationship. There is no technicality there. You don't need an appointment. You don't need to make a schedule because it is what? It's a father-child relationship. It's a bond there. We have a father-son, a father-daughter relationship with our heavenly father. That means, regardless of what your need is, you can go and talk to him. Paul, writing to the Romans 8.15 says, We have been given the spirit of sonship, whereby you can call him Abba, Father. Beautiful, isn't it? 
You can call him your daddy. You can call him your Abba. You can call him your Papa. Whatever name that you have. Praise God. You can address him because it's a love relationship. And you can come to him and tell him what bugs you. Tell him about the injustice. Tell him about what's your pressing need. But don't give up. Praise the Lord. You and I are coming to the throne of grace. Do you know what's the uniqueness of throne of grace? There are multiple. I will just touch one or two. The writer of Hebrews puts it in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, 16. Wherefore, come boldly unto the throne of grace. It shows access. Access. Nobody's stopping you. You don't need permission. You don't need appointment. You can just come. It's accessible. Jesus is accessible. Praise God. No one else might be available, but Jesus is always accessible. His throne, the throne of grace, is open for every one of us. Praise God. Whether you are standing on a subway platform or whether you are traveling through air or you are sailing on a ship or you are driving in a car or you are taking a shower, wherever you are, the throne of grace is accessible. Because you know what the writer of Hebrews says? Come. Time of need. Praise God. When is the time of need? It could be any time. What place is there? What person is there that could be accessed in the time of need? Nick of the moment. Wherever it is when you kneel down. And even if you cannot physically kneel down. In your mind when you think that I'm kneeling down before God. That's where the throne of grace is open for you. Praise God. You can come to him and you can tell him of your need. Praise God. Hallelujah. So he is accessible. Praise God. The widow, she didn't have not, no one to go with her. But you and I, we have an advocate. We have a mediator that stands on our behalf, speaks on our behalf. She had so many disadvantages. We have so many advantages. We have an edge over her. But the question is, what are we doing with our edge? Our edge has it become blunt because of disuse. So many people who claim to be Christians don't spend a minute before God in prayer, let alone persisting in prayer. Praise God. I'm telling you, you cannot press on. You cannot go on with that kind of a lifestyle. You will pretty soon be high and dry hanging. Praise God. And that's not what God wants from her, from us. So even though her situation was bleak, yet she received verdict in favor of her, Jesus is saying, how much more you and I, who are chosen ones, who would come to God, make our needs known to him, persist so that heaven will give a verdict on our behalf against anything that is bugging you, anything against that adversary that's working against you. So if we know God as a just judge, as a loving father, with the throne of grace that is open for us, as an advocate working on our behalf and speaking on our behalf, let me ask you, what is holding us from persisting in prayer? Praise the Lord. 
Regardless of what your issue is, no matter how long you've been waiting for an answer, praise God, press on, persist for God to come through for you. Praise the Lord. When we pray, always remember that God that we serve is a loving God. You need to have this in your mind that God is a loving God. And he's a God who knows what is best for us. And he will work at the right time for us. So regardless of what your issue is, bring that issue before God right now. And put this thought in your mind that God is a loving father. And he does the very best. He does nothing but good for me. And his time is perfect. Praise the Lord. Put that issue that's bugging you. Put that problems that you're facing in your life. Put that justice that you've been asking God for before him. And you think and you speak to God and confess to him. Saying, Lord, I believe that you're a loving father. And I believe that you want the very best for my life. And I believe that you will do all things well in your time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How often we get lost, we seek for direction, and Jesus says, remember, I am the way. How often we believe in a lie when Jesus says, remember, I am the truth. Praise the Lord. How often we are searching for truth. Jesus says, I am the truth. How often we feel that life is draining out of us when Jesus says, I am the giver of abundance of life. Praise God. How often we are disturbed. Jesus says, I'm going to give you my peace. He himself is the peace. Praise God. Hallelujah. How often we feel lonely and disturbed when he says, I am with you. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say is number one, the solution is Jesus. The solution is Jesus. In him, you have everything that you need in your life. If God is on your side, who can be against you? Praise the Lord. There might be an adversary ploying, plotting, planning against your life. But if God be for us, who can be against us? Just make sure that God is for you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, what we need here is more of Jesus. Praying for goods is good. But remember, the Lord himself is good. Praise the Lord. What we need is the Lord who is good more than the goods that we are asking for. If you have the Lord who is good, you will have the goods that you need in life. Praise the Lord. Prayer should not be just for the gifts, but ask for the giver of gifts. How often we spend so much time asking for blessings when we should be asking for the one who can bless us. Praise God. Hallelujah. We often spend so much time claiming the promise. Good. Let me tell you, embrace the promise giver. Praise the Lord. If you embrace the promise giver, you have promises for every promises yea and yea in Christ Jesus and we say amen to it in other words praise God in Christ Jesus every promise that is made is valid and it's applicable to us and I agree with you Jesus by saying amen praise God listen the final verse verse 8 it looks like a disconnect Jesus is talking about prayer 
and is asking a question in the end. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? What does faith and prayer got to do with each other? It seems as if it's a disconnect. It's not a disconnect. In fact, it is the connecting point. Praise the Lord. You can't pray without faith. To start praying, we need to have faith because that's the precondition to come to God. Hebrews 11.6 says, He who comes to God should believe that he is and is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Praise the Lord. So that's one of the prerequisites for anyone who comes to God for anything, even if it's prayer. So when we come to him for prayer, we need to have faith. Remember what we said. He is our loving heavenly father who loves us. Number two, he is what? He wants the very best for me. Number three, he will work on his time and he will do that which is good for me. Praise the Lord. Do you have such a faith when you approach him? Sometimes when we are disturbed, our minds are clouded. Our reasonings are clouded. Our trust in God is wavering. We are unsteady in our walk with him. We waver and we are discouraged. But the Bible, Jesus is asking, do you have the praying faith? Praise the Lord. If we have to have the praying faith, we have to start by confessing, God, you are good, you are good, you are good. Praise God. You have to confess, Lord, I know that you hear my prayer. Praise the Lord. I know that I have to wait for your time, so help me to be patient and help me to persist in prayer. Praise God. Even if I have to travail in prayer, I know because you are a faithful God, I will have a prevailing prayer. Praise God. Hallelujah. God is so good. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, what we need today is, praise God, trust in God. Question is, would we have, will he find the praying faith when he comes? Well, today, this morning, do we have that praying faith? If you are at the point of word of giving up, calling it quits in your prayer life, Praise God. Let me encourage you, my friend. Don't give up. Jesus says, and God, would he not? Would he not for his chosen ones? For his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Would he not? And then Jesus says, I tell you, he will do it speedily. How many of you have used the speed pass? Jesus is saying, God's going to do it so quick. Praise God. That is going to baffle you. Yeah. What does that mean? It means I need to align my clock to his clock. That means I need to align my schedule to his schedule. I need to synchronize my timetable with this timetable. Praise the Lord and persist and he will come through for us. Shall we close our eyes? One moment linger in his presence. Jesus says, don't quit praying. Don't quit praying. Can you look into your life? If you have a prayer log, look into your prayer log. How often we have aborted prayer because of the time factor. 
we couldn't get god to come on our time and so we gave it up if you have done that today i want you to go back to that logbook pull out that prayer that you gave up on and start praying over it do you trust in a good just fair god his ways are perfect his timing is perfect his works are perfect his words are perfect he is perfect can you confess that with your mouth do you trust him as a loving father that you can go to him and talk to him converse with him share with him cry before him and even if you don't understand something you can tell him i don't understand and even if you have questions why 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 you can ask him why that's okay praise god have you lost the vigor the stamina the tenacity that you need to press into the realms of god if so tonight this morning connect with jesus listen to what he's saying you and i have a mediator in christ jesus you have and i have a holy spirit in us that empowers us and in even even in moments when we don't know what to pray for he empowers us and gives us the word that we need that we need to pray don't quit do you feel that the adversary has got hold of what rightfully belongs to you of your inheritance and there is no power that can free you from that power appeal to the highest court appeal to the highest court one verdict from him no power can hold what belongs to you praise god father we yield our lives to you thank you father we pray that we'll persist in prayer and receive everything that you have ordered and ordained for our lives in Jesus name amen